Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Living Word Bible Church. Um, great that you can join us from near and far. The reading this morning is Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 9. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram travelled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem. At that time the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord. Who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and I on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, my name is uh, Ian Hutchinson and I'm with the Wycliffe Bible Translation Organisation and uh, I'd like to say how, a warm welcome, give a warm welcome to those who are live streaming uh, to this service now. <clears throat> well, I'd like to talk about um, all the nations of the earth is the focus and what a joy it is to come here and see the big focus that you have with Matthew uh, 28, 19 and 20 right in front of us. Um, and for those on live stream, it says, Go and make disciples of all nations and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Those final words of Jesus uh, to his people and to us. Well, what a changing world we live in these days. A world of change. The price of petrol is going to be who knows what tomorrow. And what's COVID going to do next? We don't know what to expect. So this century, technology and especially the mobile phone is making an increasing impact every day into every area of our lives. When I was still teaching, I remember looking down the passage and there was a girl combing her hair. In one hand she had a comb, but in the other hand she had her mobile phone that she could look at herself in as she was doing her hair. We live in a world of change. But we know that some things do not change. We can expect that a newborn baby and children are going to bring much joy into our lives. We still need to eat and sleep and drink. Above all, our God does not change. In Malachi, whoops, we'll go back to Malachi. I, the Lord, it says, do not change. The Lord is unchanging. And what a strength and hope and confidence we have because our Lord, our God, does not change. We see so much change in our own, ourselves and around the world. God does not change. He is eternally the same. And also the word of God never changes. We have different translations, different translations in English come out, but the truth of the original message 
will never change. And Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word, where are we? Will not pass away. There it is. It got there. Now, one of the eternal unchanging truths that I want to build on this morning is the mighty unchanging love of God for every person on this planet. Let's consider what it means to share God's heart, his passion for this world. So we're familiar with John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Now in our training that you might have gone through, how to share your faith, well one strategy is to take that verse. And instead of saying, God so loved the world, you might take the name of the person that you're with at the time and say, well, if it's John, you might say, God so loved John that he sent his only son that if John believes in him, John will have everlasting life. It's a good way of applying that verse. That's fine. Okay. But the original says what? God so loved the world that Jesus stretched out his arms and had them nailed to that cross in his love for the world. And that's what I want us to think about this morning. Another thing that never changes is that everyone born on this earth is guilty before God of their wrongdoing. And uh, people generally agree it's a good way of, in conversation to say, well, no one's perfect. And the Bible agrees with that and says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I'm sure that you're being taught the, the Bible faithfully here through uh, Pastor Montaz and other preachers, uh, that the only way to God is through his son Jesus. There's no other way. Those are the religions are not just, uh, as it were, you get into the supermarket and there's different cereals where you can choose one that you particularly like. Choosing what we believe about God, it's either right or it's wrong. Jesus says, I am the way. And there's only one way in which people can be forgiven. Uh, let's uh, build upon our reading from the Old Testament, which we had from Genesis chapter 12, where God says to Abraham, I want you to go from your country and your family and your kindred to a land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and your name will be great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who curses you I will curse. And through you, all the nations of the earth, will be blessed. That's in Genesis. Following on from the chapter about um, how God scattered all the languages, interestingly, in, in Genesis chapter 11, the story of the Tower of Babel. Now there's two steps involved in how that promise that he would bless all the nations would be fulfilled. How that promise is fulfilled is firstly through God sending Jesus, who we know is a descendant of Abraham, as we know in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, it says Jesus was a descendant of Abraham. And then it gives his genealogy. And so God sent Jesus as a descendant of Abraham so that all the ends of the earth might be blessed with Jesus taking on himself the sin of the world along with God's wrath and judgment and condemnation for that sin. And that's the gospel message. But the second step is that uh, people just don't automatically know what Christ has done for them. It's up to us to take the word out. And again, I refer to the scriptures. Go, Jesus says, 
and make disciples of all nations. And that's the command for his people, for us to keep in mind. All nations. God loved the whole world. That's what I want us to think about this morning. If we own the gospel as Christians, then we have an obligation with that gospel to make it known to the nations of the earth. And what a joy it is for me to come here and to, to know that the Living Word Bible Church here in Hope Valley is already aware. I'm a preaching to the converted. You know about this need. So it's an obligation that we have, not an option to consider to take the gospel to the whole world. So through Christ being shared by his people, that's how God wants to fulfil that promise to Abraham to bless all the families of the earth. In a world of change, the word of God does not change and God himself doesn't change and his promises and instructions to those of us who are in Christ, they don't change either. So the message that the people of God are to take the news about the love of God and the power of God to all the nations continues through the Old Testament. In 1 Kings chapter 8, where King Solomon dedicates his new magnificent temple to the Lord, he makes this as part of his prayer. When a foreigner in a distant land hears of your fame and comes to worship you and to pray in this temple, listen to his prayer so that all the peoples of the world may know and obey you as your people do. Solomon knew what was in the heart of God. A heart for all the peoples of the world, not just for the people of Israel, but for all the peoples of the world. Psalm 67 says, May your ways be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. The word all nations occurs over 70 times in the book of Psalms. Something we, we can easily skip over, but it's there, it's there, it's there. And another scripture in Psalm 96, David says, Proclaim his glory to the nations, his mighty deeds to all peoples. So what is the glory of God to be proclaimed? Well, we see the glory of God in beautiful flowers and sunsets and beautiful music and in, in his creation, yes. But above all else, the glory of God is in the gospel. That shows what a glorious God we have. Through the death and resurrection and the mighty deeds of God, we see the glory of God. So in the heart of God, he wants the people of God to proclaim the glory of God to the nations. And later on in this very Psalm 96, we, we read, Say to the nations, the Lord is King. Now, some people might uh, think, and it's not here, I, I, I well gather that, but um, some people in many churches think, isn't the pioneer missionary age over? Or is it some small areas that might be left? No, there are still thousands of unreached people groups in the world, thousands. Now, just driving from Parra Hills to here, I mean, within 10 kilometres of us, 10 kilometre radius, there are just so many church groups meeting right now but you can go to other parts of the world where you can travel 100 or 200 kilometers and around you there's just no opportunity for people to hear in their own heart language the gospel 
The remaining need is huge. And if you don't have the Bible in your own language and you just hear it, but you don't have the scriptures, well, history has shown many times over that that church just falls away or gets into some false line of teaching which can't be corrected by the scriptures. People need to come back and to read the scriptures in order to know the truth about God from the word of God. And so God wants us, yes, to share the faith with the people that we do eyeball, we do see face to face, but also with the nations. And I want to say thank you to you as a church for the support that you give to mystery work through your giving and through your prayers. And prayers, as we know, are just so important to be supporting uh, people as we pray for them and commit ourselves to uphold not just the missionaries. In a way, we can identify with the missionaries. Perhaps we've met them. We could be thinking of them and their children. But always remember to be praying for the people that those missionaries are working with. Now, we don't know those people and it can be hard to visualise them, but we need to know that God sees them, God knows them, and we want God to be at work through his spirit in their hearts, through the work of those missionaries, that lives will be transformed in Cambodia and other places that the missionaries that you support are working. As we go in through the New Testament, we can see in every, at the end of every single gospel and in the book of Acts, Jesus gives that emphasis on taking the gospel out to the world. Now, I don't need to give you, um, well, there's the people of the world, the unre many unreached people groups that we're thinking about this morning. We've already got, and I've drawn a focus to the way that your church focuses on Matthew 28. Jesus says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. We look at uh, what Jesus said in Mark chapter 16. Well, this is said possibly for a different location because uh, Mark says Jesus said on a hill in Galilee, not just outside of Jerusalem. Um, and so... Wycliffe Bible Translators works alongside the church so that this intention of God can be achieved. In Luke, Jesus appears to the 11 disciples. Judas is not there at this point. He's already taken his life. And this is in Jerusalem. Uh, and inside the room, Jesus says to them, the message about repentance and forgiveness of sins must be preached to all nations. All nations, Jesus says. All nations, all nations. And the word in the Greek is ethne, from which we get ethnic groups. It possibly refers more to communities, to ethnic groups, rather than to a political boundary. And in John's Gospel, Jesus appears to the ten disciples and he says, As the Father sent me, so I send you. And in the, the Latin, mission means to send. And his words to all of us are, 
As I sent my son, so I send you into the world to share the gospel. So after Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, then in the book of Acts, before Jesus is taken up into a cloud into heaven, he says, when the Holy Spirit comes to you, you'll be filled with power. Why? Well, we've got enough issues in our lives, fine, we do need God's strength each day. But he says power to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So before he descended to heaven, we see Jesus kept teaching his disciples the Old Testament message that the gospel wasn't just for Adelaide, wasn't just for the Jerusalem where we are, but also for people of Australia, the people who don't come to church and the people beyond Australia, even to the ends of the earth, as well as the remote communities in Australia, to the uttermost parts of the earth where there are still thousands of unreached people groups, so including the Sheikh people of Bangladesh, one of the very needy countries who number that particular group over 100 million. Other groups are smaller. Now we're all looking forward to that wonderful occasion of the return of Christ. But what must happen first? Well, in Matthew 24, Jesus says, the good news will be preached throughout the world as a witness for all people and then the end will come. And that's why we're hastening the return of Christ as we take the gospel out to the world. The promise to Abraham that the nations, all the ethnic groups of the world, will be blessed with the gospel. Well, it needs to happen before the return of Christ in the end of this age. It's taken us 2,000 years so far. How patient the Lord is. So it is so critical to continue to do what you're doing as a church, to identify with the heart of God, to reach the nations with the good news of the love of God to us through Christ and then we will have that glorious day when Christ returns. And Revelation says, After this I looked and there was an enormous crowd which no one could count. From every race, tribe, nation and language. And they stood before the throne and the Lamb, holding palm branches in their hands and crying out, Salvation belongs to our God who sits upon the throne and to the Lamb. Those in heaven praising God and his son Jesus, the Lamb of God, his sacrifice for us will be from every race, tribe, nation and, and language. Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. God is waiting for his church, the people of God, to finish the job that he gave us to do. So why are we on this earth? The purpose that we have on this earth is to give glory to God. And there are two words that God has for everyone on this earth. Two words. One is come. Come to me, all who labour and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Come to Christ and be saved. And the second word, go. Go into all the world. Take the gospel. And so the church must evangelise to the finish and so bring back the king. And the Spirit of God gives us the power we need to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. Well, 
Do people need to go out with a sense of fear into the world? Well, fear can help. I mean, you don't walk in front of a train with a healthy fear. But, of course, with the fear of God predominant in our hearts, well, let's above all be mindful as we think about uh, missionaries or parents whose children go out. Let's think and remind ourselves, who is this God that they go out to serve? This morning I want you to continue to make it prominent in your thinking. If world evangelisation is the thrust of all the scriptures from Genesis through to Revelation, let's all be thinking, now what am I doing to bring about this blessing of God promised to Abraham that all the nations of the earth will be blessed? Well, can I suggest there are three ways, and we've looked at these, to pray and to give and to go. In Luke chapter 10, verse 2, Jesus says, Yes, there's a large harvest, but few workers to gather it in. So many more workers in Adelaide than there are in many other countries. And he says, Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send out workers to gather in his harvest. I realised a few years ago, even with my involvement with Wickler Bible Translators over uh, quite a few years, that I wasn't making it part of my daily prayers for the Lord to be sending out more workers to the harvest. And so now I make that part of my daily prayers and I invite you to do the same, to pray for the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into that harvest. And secondly, well, we've been hearing about the need for financial support and thank you for those doing that. And thirdly, we consider going out into the world ourselves. What, Lord, would you have me do as... Um, Helen Sahl was saying in that video presentation that we saw. And so there is a display at the end of the church. People can collect these cards about uh, Wycliffe to find out more, to pray and to give and to perhaps go into this work. And we don't only need translators, but people with um, computer skills who can make audio Bibles and Bible apps so that people can hear the scriptures in their own language. Am I still on air? Good. And um, there are other critical support roles. We need teachers. There's information about that. Builders, carpenters, electricians, mechanics, pilots, accountants, bookkeepers, and even at the Australian National Centre, just north of Melbourne. What happens continually is that uh, people retire and we find that we're just not getting people to replace them. In the finance office, critical need for more people. In the personnel office and uh, looking after the grounds there and so on. And I've mentioned about the uh, regional centres in Papua New Guinea. We need people just to go there and to look after people as they are travelling through or staying at the regional centres in Papua New Guinea. And in, there's a great need. Yes, there is COVID, but that's not going to stop the work of God. We go forward in faith. As I say, there's a place for retired people who are financially independent um, in, in uh, many areas. Barbara Hodgkinson works in a remote area with the Nang people in Papua New Guinea. Some hikers came to that village where she works, and uh, the Saibog village, and... Um, They'd come out from Europe 
and wanted to climb the nearby mountain. And they asked if some local people could go with them. But the people said, no, we never go up that mountain because there's spirits on the top of that mountain. And if we go up there, the spirits will kill us. And so they just never went up to that mountain peak. But Barbara said to them, well, whose mountain is it? Does it belong to the spirits or does it belong to God? Whose, whose mountain is it? Should you really be afraid if you're trusting in God? And then she went off to bed. But she could hear the people talk well into the night to discuss that challenge that she'd given them. And they came back to her in the morning and they said, no, uh, we're not going to be afraid anymore of uh, that spirit, of those spirits. We've listened to what you've said and uh, we're going to take these people up there. And some of them were a bit fearful because this was something totally new in their experience. And so they had to actually, with their machetes, make a, a, a path up to the mountain. And they got there and they looked around. And they could just about see from the Bismarck Sea to the, uh, to the um, well, what is it, the uh, Torres Strait on the other side. In the morning it's possible to do that. And then they, they hurried down that mountain ahead of the others who could just follow the track and went into the village and the people thought, oh, they're still alive. <laughs> it was a new experience because the word of God had given them confidence in, in God. They knew the scriptures. It's God who, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so that's the God that they learned was the only God to be, that they need to fear and serve. So today we've seen from the scriptures the best way that we can reflect the heart of God is to see that this extends out to the whole world. Yes, we can look around us and see a lot of needs, but let's have put the spectacles that God has and look and see beyond this horizon to the people of this world in such great need of the gospel. Let's lift our eyes and enlarge our vision and follow what the scripture says and prayerfully consider what we can all do to take the gospel to all nations. Thank you for your time this morning. Bless you. Living Word Bible Church. Teaching the Bible verse by verse.